The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. This podcast is protected by Lord Hunter the Foulmouthed, Lady Amanda of House Ryan, Lady Rajal of House Stevens, Sir Ron of House Golson, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shree. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Catelyn 1 of A Clash of Kings, and in our Maester's study, we will be discussing Torin Stark. The King Who Knelt. Yes. Yeah, so, man... Back with another episode, Sir Ezra. How you doing, man? Well, doing well. Um, we have a it's a big recording day for us. We're getting a lot of stuff done, going through, uh, you know, all the different uh, podcasts and and the, the the reading. We had to switch gears there. We were in a galaxy far, far away, and now we're <laughs> we're in uh, back in Westeros. It's awesome. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a it's crazy. Our weekends are are always just nuts. All just different fandoms. I got I have two books laid out here. You know, making a connection between, um, you know, Clash of Kings and then a Game of Thrones because of the Raven that we have. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's wild. But I'm excited. And then, it's good. Uh, hey, know? it's just the way the wheel weaves. Okay. That's right. And that's, that's right. and then that's where, that's where we'll be headed next. Yeah. Putting in probably a, an eight hour work day here in the studio, but it's great. We love it. Yeah. Um, jump, jump between all these fandoms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So much fun. But you know what? <clears throat> it's good. Let's you know we like we like we like to start off with hyperspace and get that one recorded because that one's a little more free flowing and then boom it's like all right so then we're primed ready to go for uh, bend the knee get us going and uh, man is there any I, I know you're in Ohio yep and there's supposed to be some big storm coming are the winds of winter blowing there in oh Ohio? my yeah things yeah there was definitely some wind blowing um I yeah. It was it was crazy. I mean, I guess north of of us here, it was all ice and and snow and everything. Um, it was snowing down in like Texas and stuff though, Jeez. like the other day. Well, it's not snowing here. It's it is it's it weird. is your standard kind of gray, cloudy, rainy Portland day. Yeah, I, I sometimes try to think of like when I think of Portland, I'm like, where would it be in Westeros? Like, is it <clears throat> you know? 
what where is it just gray and actually bravos is kind of like uh, the veil i think the, the veil, veil is okay like yeah the veil is, is 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 similar but then it just depends you know it's oregon is such a weird the oregon and washington and northern california are so weird in that um you know oregon's like you know they're big states but then most of it's actually desert Right. And mm-hmm. then you get to the and then as you get closer to the coast, you hit the you get the mountains. And then from like, you know, if you think of it as like a as a rectangle, well, and you're starting from the east side, then you go over about almost 80 percent. And then you have the mountains and then that remaining 10, you know, kind of 15 percent is uh, like forest and rain. Yeah. So yeah. Then, you, then you hit the then you hit the beach. So it is, it's kind of its own weather and weather pattern here but yeah i would say it's probably like the veil you know yeah rocky okay. foresty right. rainy right <laughs> uh, that's yeah. cool um so so no winds of winter over there for you but is everything else nope. uh everything else going well everything is uh is going good just kind of a slow slow sunday you know laundry going uh i got up got my morning workout in um, and now we're just hammering away content here as we wait for the winds of winter. You know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty much where we're at. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, it, what we did do a little digging up on on the winds of winter, and and maybe I I guess every every little teeny bit that I see just keeps indicating it's this year. So that's what I'm thinking. So, you is know, Gur is not just uh, Gur is going to be presenting at that at that convention. He says he's going to be the Toastmaster. So, I, you know, we're, and uh, until we get a lo- another little nugget, I just I'm assuming that it's coming out. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to announce he's going to announce it at that con- at that convention. I yeah. mean, what happens if he doesn't? Um, I don't know. This it's either he's going to announce the new book or he's going to pull like a Walter Frey, like he's the Toastmaster. So. It's like the red wedding type of situation where he's either going out, he's going out with a bang one of two ways at the, the kitchen. So I'm saying he's announcing the book. Like that's mm-hmm. he, yeah. uh, but although here's the thing I have to, when I'm, I just read about the Toastmaster thing and how he's going to be the host. I don't, mm. and he said he didn't want to steal the thunder from the people who he was giving awards to. So, well, I mean, that you can announce it at, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to say, Here's Winds of Winter, the 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 you know ten year anticipated, mm-hmm. almost final installment in the epic Song of Ice and Fire series that attributed to the most successful television show of all time, Game of Thrones. Oh, and here's the award for you know I don't you don't have to go <laughs> you know you don't you don't have to do it yeah. like that. Well, I'm as sure long as he doesn't give just... as long as he doesn't he's not up there like uh, Ricky uh, Gervais, man. I mean, I everyone was talking all about that that thing. His, did you see his his speech there on the huh? The Academy Awards or whatever. Who? Ricky, is it Gervais, Jervis? The, oh, Gervais. The, the, Gervais, yeah. Where he kind of told Hollywood off. I thought it was kind of funny, but then. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. You know, I, no, he better not yeah. pull one of those. I, I, only, I, only saw, I only saw a couple of clips. So as long as Gur doesn't do something like that and, you know, no, take a he, bunch, take a here, bunch of people Here's my thing. You know, uh, Gurm's a lot smarter than people like, you know, that and J.K. Rowling and other, you know, I mean, he's just yeah, kind of. Well, let's <laughs> stay away from her now, you know, especially, but. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah, he, I think so. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be cool. We're gonna keep our eye on that. I, I. I think the announcement is gonna be, you know, coming soon. So. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. But. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, let's dive into this a little bit here. We do have a a captain's report. Um, 
Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, uh, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island. Uh, What's the poll looking at like this week, Sir Ezra? Yeah, so uh, the question is this, is the Grand Vale conspiracy theory true? Uh, Sometimes known as like the Grand Royce conspiracy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought, so in our group anyways, uh, the overwhelming response is that it, yes, is true. Uh, that there is something going on there. And I thought maybe just for context, uh, for folks who don't know much about that, really I kind of touched on it just a tidbit last week. And actually even going into our extended edition, I talked a little bit about Sansa and what's coming up with her. Robert Aaron, I always want to say, what? yeah, sweet Robin. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, it, yeah. He, he is looking for a, God, what is it, like, almost like a Kingsguard, right? Mm-hmm. And so we went into that just a little bit, and um, so it kind of ties into it. Yeah, Robert Aaron. I keep saying Robin. I don't know why I keep saying that. Right. Um, but anyways. Well, it's similar. He, yeah. He, um, in the, the whole conspiracy is around the idea that little that they know that Sansa, or that Elaine Stone is Sansa Stark. And there's, I guess that they're going to maybe use this in an attempt to take out Littlefinger or remove him from the the position of power that he's put himself in. Uh, so, yeah, there seems to be a lot of stuff going on with this tourney that's happening with, with Harold Harding, uh, who is showing up, and, you know, betrothals and whatnot. So the the idea is that, yeah, he, he is um, looking for, for a way to take back some of the Vale's power and put it back into, to, I guess, Vale family power, right? I mean, he doesn't want mm-hmm. this outsider coming in and, and just taking over. There was all the, the questioning around Marillion and the death of Lysa Aaron. Um, and I was I was talking to you because I sometimes forget, you know, the difference between show and book and the way in the in the show that it works out is that she uh, really you she she does reveal who she is um, during the questioning or the trial period where they're trying to figure out what happened to Lysa, why was she you know, killed or did she commit suicide? Um, so yeah, there's a little bit more to it than that, but I mean, that's just the general idea is that they are working towards reclaiming their own, um, region and, and putting Mm -hmm. it back into Robert Aaron's, um, you know, hands. So, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and this is one of those things when we talk about our, you know, how do we get to point, you know, the characters who are in the show to get the characters who are in the book or in different positions to, to be in the show. And this is an area that seems a little bit different. I, you know, there's a lot of things seem like they're going to have to happen to kind of get from um, what what's going on in the veil to get Sansa that end up leading an army towards the battle that's going on at Winterfell. Um, Cause they're just in a slightly, they're in some, it's kind of, it's pretty different. Right. Well, and, and, yeah, so it's it's sort of like there's there's actually a whole Reddit thread on all these different conspiracies happening in each of the regions. And so you know the Vale has to have its own conspiracy. I don't think it's as grand as what's happening right. in the north. Like the grand northern conspiracy, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's just a few people who maybe have seen through this guise that Elaine has, Elaine Stone, Sansa Stark. I mean, really, Lysa, all she had to do was, I mean, she just said, you know, dye your hair and 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 cover it up and um so i don't know yeah there's there's that uh she i mean she already there was already talk too that lisa was going to um 
that 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 Elaine was going to marry. Eventually, when they revealed that she was Sansa Stark, was going to marry her son, and so I, I would have to imagine that that some of the people in the Vale are already kind of thinking like, wait, who? Like Littlefinger is like niece or if they're hearing even rumors of that you know because Marillion right. is close by the singer and he's got to be telling all sorts of tales to different people you know he's making some coin or doing what getting gaining some influence just because he's close um with with Lysa there but especially before Peter um shows up so uh yeah yeah but it's it's um I don't know. I would say yes. There's something going on. I don't really know exactly that we have enough information to kind of figure it out because there's even some subplotting, um, and in the Winds of Winter release chapter where people are entering the Vale for this contest and they're trying to become, you know, one of the eight uh, to to surround um, Little Robert. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's you can tell that uh, something's going on. You know, just in the way they talk to Sansa, they're talking to each other, how people are positioning themselves and standing around uh, just seems like it's a Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll see. Um, and we can dive into that more um, as we get to uh, some more more chapters that involve uh, the veil and possibly even Sansa, because uh, you do see a little bit of that uh, in this book, right, with her and, and Littlefinger as Sansa starts to plot a little bit of how possibly to escape kind of her yeah hey here's and, what because she calls him I, I always mess up robert and robert it's she calls him sweet robin that's why yes yep. i keep forgetting that she calls him sweet robin and yeah that's always why i go back and forth on that so my bad mm-hmm. that's okay um all right well uh i think you have a little bit here on uh Torin stark for our, our maester study today uh yeah if, if people recall i mean when we went through um a world of ice and fire and uh we were kind of covering Aegon's conquest um you know this is sort of a big th- this is somewhat as a character who is who's referenced in today's chapter because you go back to he was one of the last known kings of winter uh Torrin stark was he's known as the king who knelt uh he was the head of house stark who reigned as king in the north until Aegon the first uh Aegon the conqueror came and invaded westeros uh so yeah, and there was actually some. There's some pretty cool stuff if you want to go back and look at, and maybe we can cover it at a different time. But the as as Torrin Stark is moving, I mean, he has probably one of the largest hosts, right? He's got the he's got the North behind him, and mm-hmm. when he comes to meet with Aegon, there's a, there's a lot of plotting. There was even there's even some rumor that that perhaps he was going to attempt to kill the dragons. That they maybe had a plan with Werewood arrows. Uh, to kill the dragon and everything, but in the end, um, I, I think maybe they weren't really willing to r- risk that. And actually, ironically, you know, something that Catelyn says in this chapter is like, you know, if giving up your crown meant saving your sisters, it'd be well worth it. And I feel like yeah. that's something he kind of realizes. He also had the, uh, he's not the first person that Aegon tries to go after when Aegon comes and conquers Westeros. Um, he, you know, he, he starts again. He goes against like the Lannisters, um, Highgarden. Um, so he's, you know, not necessarily going against the North. So Torin has has the advantage of, of seeing how those other lords retreated, and and you know that that Aegon really is just coming and saying, I'm I'm going to rule all of you guys. Um, you still get to keep your lands, and you know, uh, we'll change the titles up a little bit, but for the most part, you can worship whoever you want. You're just under my control. And this is my new. This is my new empire. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, my new empire. Yeah. But yeah, so just a little cool connection to him. Um, 
and you know just the whole the whole bit there because that, that again is when the Targaryen uh, reign started and so now I don't is this the first time let me think yeah I mean really yeah this is yeah so I guess maybe there were some other people in histories in the histories who were trying to declare themselves as king you know like like king of the stepstones and stuff like that little little stuff um the Greyjoy rebellion things like that so yeah but this is really i mean we've now crowned um rob as as king in the north and so that's where this chapter kind of picks up and so we're back to uh the the time of tor and starker before yeah, he's he's a king of mm-hmm. winter so yes yeah so all right well uh let's move on over to our reread uh this week we are in catlin one uh last time we were with john uh where uh Sam, John had found Samuel Tarley in the dark library uh, cellar of Castle Black, where Sam had found a number of maps uh, for the Great Ranging. Uh, out in the courtyard, they watched as they watched the new recruits practicing as John talked with Donald Noy. After they presented their maps, Lord Commander Jorah Mormont discussed Maester Aemon's past with John. The last time we were with Catelyn was Catelyn Eleven of A Game of Thrones where she had returned to Riverrun for the first time in many years. After meeting with her ailing father, she seeks out Rob in the Godswood. After praying with his bannermen, Rob calls a council to determine their next move. The council argues for hours about which way to march and which king to support until Great John Umber gives a rousing speech and the bannermen proclaim Rob the king in the north. Yeah. Uh, it's just what it sounds like uh, when they're saying it in the show. So this time, Catelyn won. Catelyn watches as her son, King Rob Stark, presents his peace terms to his uh, envoy, Sir Cleos Frey. Afterwards, Catelyn argues with Rob over his refusal to exchange Jamie Lannister and his plan to send Theon back to the Iron Islands. Later, Catelyn discusses the war with Brendan Tully, and they plan an alliance with King Renly Baratheon. So... Yeah, I mean, as you can see, man, we're the the War of the Five Kings is starting, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost immediately following uh, Ned's execution and Robert, King Robert's death. I mean, everything starts to move pretty fast, actually. Uh, I mean, think about I mean, think about like a year ago, like in you know uh, Game of Thrones terms, man, everything was fine, right? Like, mm-hmm. man, we, we've been we've been at peace for like twenty years. And the next thing you know, John Aaron, the hand of the king, John Aaron is dead. The king, uh, Robert Baratheon, is dead. His his hand of the king, Ned Stark, is dead. Uh, Joffrey Baratheon is proclaimed king, and we're at war, and they're, everyone's proclaiming themselves king. So, I mean, we're at turmoil here, right? Oh yeah, we are. And this is—I also call this chapter sort of the the the, the uh, what is this that. It's like the precursor to the to just Blunder City. I mean, like the yeah. the the setup here for just what Cat, what Catelyn is thinking, and she kind of hints at some of the things that she that she and other lords are thinking about what Rob says here and his decisions. It's just it all the blundering just starts here. It is just crazy, man. I I get so like I, when I read it, I'm just like, come on. You know what? Why couldn't this be right. different? Why don't we have Jon Snow standing next to his brother? down here fighting you know two brothers just going you know ready to go to war that's what I, mm-hmm. it's frustrating mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, yeah hey, hey it is and sorry, so it's all right um that's okay all right hey let's hey let's let's dive into it here so um her son's crown was fresh from the forge and it seemed to catelyn stark that the weight of it pressed heavy on rob's head 
The ancient crown of the kings of winter had been lost three centuries th- three centuries ago, yielded up to Aegon the Conqueror when Torin Stark knelt in submission. What Aegon had done with it, no man could say. Lord Hoster's smith had done his work well, and Rob's crown looked much as the others was said to have looked in the tales told of the Stark kings of old. An open circlet of hammered bronze uh, incised with the runes of, of the first men, surmounted by nine black iron spikes wrought in the shape of long swords. Of gold and silver and gemstones, it had none bronze and iron were there, uh, were there metals of winter, dark and strong to fight against the cold. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to need those metals, all right, mm-hmm. in, in the wars to, fight to it, come. To, to fight against the cold, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's cool. This is, uh, I mean, the the crown is there. He's he's crowned. You know, a line that jumps right out to you is, "It's it is no easy thing to wear a crown, right?" I mean, it's like mm-hmm. he's always especially, messing with, especially it and, for a boy of fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is he is faced with a lot of different decisions. You know, and his mother had counseled him prior to just he has to be more decisive. And and follow sort of, you know, his listen to his bannerman, um, draw upon the wisdom that he got from his father and just make decisions, you know, just mm-hmm. um, be king, if you will, be be the lord that they need, the king that they need and act. And what's crazy is now he is making decisions. Uh, she is seeing it's really like, gosh, it's it's almost too like if if his lord father were here, if this were Eddard. You know, counseling him, obviously, you know, he'd be the king of the north. But, like, if, if it's the fact that it's his mother. You know, she mentions several times that it's the fact that she's a woman or that it, she's his mother, that her counsel doesn't seem to sway him as much as the other men. Um, although he will listen, like, I think he's being talked out of it. I almost wonder if there's another right. side to this conversation we're not seeing, which is his, um, Lord, his, his, his bannerman saying, your mother is grieving. Um, there's a lot of emotions going on there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it sort of sucks, but I mean that's just what George is is he's we're seeing this through through Catelyn. She says this like she, right. a couple yeah, times, exactly, and that's important. And that's something again that I think um, the big you know I, every time it comes up, I, I, I talk about it because I cannot hammer home enough that every chapter in this series, it's all important who the whose chapter it is eyes it's through because mm-hmm. yeah. that drastically changes the the events. Um, you know, because we'll get, we'll get to the terms here in a second, but I would almost argue that if you are Cersei, I'd accept these terms because if, if you, you know, when Cersei legitimately believes later that we're going to die at the battle of the Blackwater, I mean, she legitimately is ready to basically, you know, you know, give her, 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 her children the gift of mercy right and and their death um because she literally believes that we're about to die and that's just stannis um to me really all the north wants is their sisters back and to be left alone and then they're like we're out of the war you do whatever you want so if you're in that position where you've got enemies on the east with stannis enemies on the west with uh, Renly, and you're just kind of sitting in the middle, and then you know Dorne is just like, 
were out of it, but there, you know, there's a mountain, so it's not really like you could even really request Dorn come to your aid. Mm-hmm. And even if Dorn, even if you know that would that would really be like their only other ally they could go seek outside of you know Bravos. Um, and you know, it's not like Dorn is ever going to side with the with the Lannisters at this point. Um, I mean, what are your options? I mean, your 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 only option to me would be to to let to at least give you an at least give you a chance to fortify kind of King's Landing by bringing in um you know the men from the from the westerlands and just saying okay like you can you can be king of the north but we just want you and you can be an independent nation and then if you want to try and take it back you can deal with that later but i feel like your best bet would be like okay we'll trade you Jamie Lannister you know, are a battle commander that we desperately need for your sisters. Absolutely. Like, and then, and because we've got enemies on the East and the West, I mean, it's only because Stannis kills Renly and that the war breaks open and it, and it becomes its own thing. But yeah, you know, and that, and that the, sorry, real quick. And Theon is about to, you know, betray, betray the Starks, which kind of holds them off a little bit. But really, I mean, that's, that's it. That's your. That would be your only bet. Yeah. Well, and, and what's what's crazy? What's a little bit like? It's really interesting how when we get into the proposal here and what they ask for, like it's the sequence in which, um, Rob asked for these things to happen. So, like, he wants to give up a few of the like cousins or lesser Lannisters for his sister. For his sisters, mm-hmm. and he's actually not willing to give up like Jamie Lannister until right, like, right, yeah, he, yeah. He's holding him until like eventually, eventually. I think right, what he exactly what, what he should have done is said, you know what, keep my sisters, move your arm. Like here's the things that I will give you. Um, some of these Lannister people, right? Some of your your, your kin. Mm-hmm. Um, if you move out of our way, and if you position yourselves here, we'll position ourselves here. And then we'll have a couple, you know, the two great hosts meet up. We want our sisters back for, you know, Jamie Lannister. The problem is, and something that Catelyn says here, is that really, and again, this goes back to women and, and just the way, like, we have powerful women in this series. And, and, and George does a great job, and he's kind of commenting on really our own histories and what this would look like in Westeros. They, the, the two girls, the two, the two Stark girls, are not worth Jamie Lannister. Oh. And absolutely, absolutely not. Not yeah, even close. So that, that's that's why that's why although they are to rob um into right. the Stark family in front of his Lord's Bannerman, no. Not good enough. Yeah, I mean I like, mean here, let's let me yeah, let's let's read some of these uh things. He says, you know, first the Queen must release my sisters and provide them with transportation um from King's Landing to White Harbor. You know, then it's understood that Sansa's betrothal to Joffrey is at an end. Um, you know, and then it's I will release the Queen's cousin, um, you know, to safe or escort to Casterly Rock. Um, you know, secondly, my Lord Father's bones be be returned to us. Like, okay, that's no no really big deal there. What do you care about some bones? Um, third, my father's great sword ice will be delivered to my hand again. In the grand scheme of things, Valyrian steel is pretty important, but. Yeah, it's but. just it's it's just a sword. At the end of the day, it's just a sword. Yeah. Now, is it a sword that theoretically could be used to kill, you know, a White Walker and stuff like that? I yeah, mean, yeah, that's yeah. you know down the line, but right now, that's just a sword. Fourth, my queen will command her father, Lord Tywin, to release those knights. 
um, you know, uh, that they took captive of the Battle of the Trident, and then I'll start releasing my own. Um, you save Jamie Lannister, who will be uh, who remain my hostage until my father's good behavior. But even that, like his 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 reasoning for for Tywin or for um, Jamie is like, well, I'm going to hold your commander until your other commander le- releases our hostages. It's not like he's saying I'm going to hold him for like a incredibly long period of time. Um, I mean, it's I I think from Cersei's point of view, I would accept this deal in a in 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 a heartbeat. Because if you, I mean, you just have to look at the situation you're in at this current moment, with Stannis on one side, Renly on the other side, Jamie in in chains. I mean, I I feel like it's not even like they're saying we're going to take King's Landing. It's just saying we'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. I would take it in in a in a second because you could always calm down. You could then you could focus on. Your two enemies that are that are pincering you, um, and you know, let's like especially let's say like from this point in time, if you're Cersei, if you take out Renly, um, even though Renly has a bigger army at this point, I feel just because of like the lay of the land, it would be easier to kind of disperse that battle throughout. Whereas Stannis is like right there. I mean, King's Landing and Storm's End are like. Phew, like right across mm-hmm. the street from each other, pretty much. Um, well, he's over at Dragonstone right now, Dragonstone, but even still, yeah, yeah. right, even even still, I mean, just the the men that he's got, mm-hmm. the men the men that he's got with him, and he's a much more feared commander. It's like I would I would rather go against Renly and an enormous army than Stannis and a smaller army. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, from your from your positioning, it's just like, you know, you can't take on three people at once, let alone soon to be you know four. Yeah, you know the the reason I think that um, like if, if you're Cersei and you're you're the Lannisters, the the, the blundering has already started because if mm-hmm. you had Eddard Stark, well then yeah they're not going to kill Jaime, but we did kill Eddard exactly. Stark, and so oh, exactly. now I think they possibly are probably thinking like, well, um, I mean maybe they're they're gonna like if we answer some of these terms or whatever we start to kind of get lulled in here they're just gonna kill him. You know, like at one point, Cersei kind of said, right. like, "He's dead. He's beyond uh, like obtaining. Like, there's this. It's not possible. Like, you almost have to pretend like he's he's gone. You know, right. They're still all hoping uh, to get him back and everything. But that is the chip. And 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 Rob knows you've got to keep um, Jamie Lannister until the end. Like, you you've got to exactly. hold, you've got to hold him. But you also have to be willing to sort of like, I mean." I don't know. It's it's like the sisters. Like having the sisters there is just it's tough. Because they've already right. killed your father, I mean, how how can you trust these people? How can you trust anything that's going on? You've got a madman right. there, and I think that is sort of in the last chapter. Well, Rob, do you really think, thinking that? And exa- and the other thing is that they, you know, Rob and uh, Catelyn believe they have both sisters, not just one, and so maybe that's something they look at and are like, oh, like what do we do? You know, <laughs> like, uh, like yeah, what do true, we do? So, true, yeah. yeah, we only we only have one. And then, so they're not going to believe us. They might believe we right. killed the other one, or they—I don't think they would believe. Oh, she just escaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be hard to believe. So they are kind of in that in that situation. The other crazy thing uh, about this chapter introduces is that um, Sir Devon Lannister and his father, um, Sir Stafford Lannister, are raising a host um, to the west. You know, so mm-hmm. I think the Lannisters are thinking, oh, they don't know about that, but the Blackfish right. is all over it. I mean, he's been out exactly. scouting. And so he knows what's, what's up. He knows that they're moving this, this host in. So 
that is, and once that happens, I mean, we're kind of jumping right to the end of this because it's really, I think we can just kind of talk about this in general. Like something that Catelyn notes um, is that, okay, they're at Harrenhal. There's, there's definitely this itch or this, um, oh gosh, there's this feeling or this sense among the Bannermen and, and, and Rob that they want to just go attack. They just want to go attack right. uh, Hall and whatever. But they're playing the waiting game. I mean, Tywin's waiting. He's securing what he has. He's planning, plotting. He's also raising another host. And so the opposite is happening here, right? So Rob has lost a bunch of men. We Some of this um, Edmure Tully mm-hmm. has sent... Exactly. And they're they're going back and forth, and they're arguing a little bit. You know, Ed, Edmure is saying, like, we, you know, yeah. do we grow any stronger sitting here? Our host dwindles every day. Yeah, and the, and again, that's Edmure's fault. I mean, because the, like he's well, sending the the every everything's Edmure's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he well, he just he just the, the blunders that are made. It's 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 crazy. Right. So this is one of them, in that they send these river lords back to their keeps, and really they go back to barren land, um, massacres, and other raiding. Some of them are even killed. So and they're not going with like a a good. Um, I mean, I don't know. They're they're going in with with they're outnumbered and they're mm-hmm. facing down like the mountain, uh, and and his men and stuff. So, like the raiding that's happening is just the Lannisters are are all over that and they're they're dividing these groups. Really, uh, I think like the idea would be that you would take your host and you would march through and kind of you know secure these areas. Although then you're very predictable. We know where you're coming. We know where the host is moving. And then maybe if you move away, away from River Run. Do you open up for, you know, another attack to come in that way? Because Casterly Rock is actually not too far off to their west. And if they were to move right. south and try to secure, like, House Bracken and some of these other places, like, they could just slip in behind. That host could come up behind. And then, honestly, they would be caught between Harrenhal and, and River Run. I mean, if they were to mm-hmm. lose it. So mm-hmm. it is a t- tough spot because their host is dwindling while the Lannister host is, is building. Is building. The, the problem I have with, and we'll see later on, Cersei is just when she refuses these terms and stuff, and she does. The, you know, Tyrion makes a counter, a good, a good counter offer, and and stuff, and they do some right. of the, the the bones, and then it, and then it all goes in a different direction because of the, yeah. the events that happened then. But I mean, at this point in time, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like at this at this point in time, once you get down, so really you have to look at like, does she know about this other host? I don't know that she actually did. Um, that, she that they knew about the other host that was forming. Over at Castle Rock, I can't remember. We'll have to see when we get there in those in those chapters. But I have a feeling she didn't. Uh, but maybe maybe Tyrion did. You know, so we'll see. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just it's a little it's a little wild to kind of think about the situation that they're in here because you know, and this this is why the like the, like the Blackfish and Catelyn Tully kind of come up with the idea of getting Renly involved. You know, it's like, okay, who else? I mean, we need another host. The only only way you're going to move Tywin off of Harrenhal or or move their forces around is to is to get another group. I mean, you know, another because um, the Vale's not answering the call. They're they're not coming to help. Um, so you've got the Riverlands, and that's that's it. You get the the North and the Riverlands, and you've even seen you know two of one or two of his lords storm out when he starts to read some of the proposals. So. Uh, or the terms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got to do something, and really it's his mother who kind of comes up with this plan to uh, recruit Renly and get his host involved. 
which um, could be kind of a diversion or could move move the pieces around in a way that would be more advantageous for Rob right. and, and his group. Well, and, and you know, again, this all the Rob chapters are pretty much told through, uh, well, they're all pretty much told through Catelyn's eyes. Um, you know, and then when they're going back, you know, and she's, she's saying, you know, she wants him to release Jamie. He says, I can't release the Kingslayer, not even if I wanted to. My lords would never abide by it. She's like, your lords made you king, and you can un... Uh, and you can unmake me just as easy. If your crown is the price we must pay to have Arya and Sansa return safe, we should pay it willingly. Half your lords would like to murder Lannister in a cell. If he should die while he's your prisoner, the men will say that he deserved it, Rob said. You know, and your sisters, will they deserve their deaths as well? I promise you, if any harm um, comes to her brother, Cersei will pay us uh, back blood for blood. And so, I mean, it it is... From Catelyn's point of view, when you have essentially an army that all wants to just kill this guy because they're all bloodthirsty for it, mm-hmm. I think in her in her mind, one is she really just she wants her daughters back because she doesn't really care. I mean, I mean, you know, she cares far more about her daughters than she cares about Jamie Lannister. But I do think that Rob, um, Rob being a little more hesitant, be like, no, we need him. He's a bargaining chip. But Catelyn also has this idea of like, well, if we don't do something with him quick, he's mm-hmm. probably going to die, and then we lose our bargaining chip. Yeah, yeah. So it, I it, think I think I think part of her. Uh, it's ironic, it's dude. It's so ironic yeah. because she 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 so believes and, and feels that way, and I get it. Like there is um, there is a reason why why she 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 realizes that. Uh, that there, that there are men, as you say, bannermen, who want to go um, kill him because they lost their mm-hmm. sons or, or their family members, whatever, uh, in in um, the battle, right, that they, that where, where they captured him. So, But it's just ironic because later on she ends up being, the, I mean, you know, the, the person who loses the bargaining chip. Exactly. Uh, and, and just on some risk, on some, on his honor that he's going to do these things makes him swear. Like, what? This is a guy. It's King, King's like, right. we'll get there later. That's just crazy. Well, and Rob makes an, a completely idiotic decision here, uh, here in like a, here in a page or two when he mm-hmm. sends, you know, uh, when he sends Theon out to try and see if he can get the Greyjoys to come with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, and we, and we were pretty much there. I mean, we can, we can, we can kind of jump to that. Oh, did you, unless you had something you wanted to say. Really no, quick. the only thing I was going to say is that like, it, it seems like, so let's say, each of them have five decisions to make uh, between Rob and Catelyn. It's like, I, I feel like they both are, are like, you know, three for five. You know, it's like they, they, they make good decisions, right. but then there's a couple that are just like, what? You know, we, we know they end up being bad decisions. And you look at where they are positioned now, and it do, sometimes it, yeah, it does seem like, okay, I can trust Theon. I'm going to send him there. No big deal. Like, he's fought for us. He's protected us. But Catelyn is older, and she's seeing something in his eye where mm-hmm. he's getting bold, he's getting confident, right. he's that uh, ironborn nature might be coming out in him and and stuff. So, uh, right. Well, and and you know, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, unless, unless you're unless you're Sir Ezra the Watchful, right. who uh, well, I mean, I don't know. You've had LASIK. Does that give you twenty twenty? It, it's twenty twenty, man. Trust me, hey. I wanted to be super watchful for for the for the wars to come. <laughs> well, okay. as I'm getting old, as I'm getting older here, you know, maybe I need maybe I need LASIK, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, things aren't looking as as clear as they used to, but um, you know, so obviously we know what ends up happening with Theon. But I think I'd even argue that 
because you know some of these decisions we know what ends up happening and so we can say well that was a bad that obviously was a bad decision given what happens but i think catlin's right even at this point i do think it is it would be a bad idea even without knowing um you know like what happens if you were reading for this for the first time i think you could even be like yeah that seems like a bad idea mm-hmm. sending theon just because up to this point, what we what we know about Theon is that he's kind of reckless, right? Yeah. Like when he all, when he when he they get attacked by Osha and he's he sh- and, you know he shoots um he kills the wildling that's got Bran and Rob's like yeah but you could have killed him right I yep. mean like what like what are you doing yeah and so at up to this point in the in the limited amount of information that we know about Theon I do think it, would, it if you were reading this for the first time you'd be like that's a bad idea. So even without knowing what happens, I do think it's a pretty awful idea. Yeah. Well, the, the and then other it, thing is, just as is, really, sorry, real quick. Yeah. Just as is, and then obviously once you find out what happens, it's like I mean, horrendously bad. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's the it's the Ironborn too. The the thing that they forget is that they've gotten used to Theon, and they they don't remember that the Greyjoys have rebelled not too long ago, and they had to put that Greyjoy mm-hmm. rebellion down. That's why Theon is at Winterfell. I mean. Like his brothers were were killed, uh, Theon's were be, because of this, uh, because of their nature, their their nature to raid and to, you know, they worship their own gods and they're kind of different. Right. They raid, they want to be in power. They feel like they're kind of looked down upon. So yeah, like be careful here. I mean, at one point they even say like if they want a crown, they can have a crown. Like he didn't even care. I mean, Rob's just like whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean they're going to side with you necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, they're they're out for and themselves. Throughout- and throughout, I just want to make a, a point here is that, you know, Catelyn has inner, uh, kind of her own dialogues, um, you know, with, with Rob as she's seeing him make these decisions, right? And they're kind of arguing. Um, you know, she says, like, what well, was it war that made him grow so fast, she wondered, or the crown they had put on his head? And then she has another one later, um, you know, uh, God's be good, what is to become of me? He is doing his best, trying so hard. I know it, I see it, and yes, you know, I've lost my Ned, the rock my life was built on. I could not bear to lose the girls as well. So um, that is one thing in this chapter is that she has these kind of these dialogues as we progress through. And so you can kind of see her her reasoning. And some people like, you know, in the show, I think it comes across sometimes that Catelyn is just like crazy impulsive or a little like erratic. But I think that's why this, the book helps show her emotions Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her, my, her, what's going on in her mind. So it's, you know, she just, she wants her daughters back, man. She's already lost yeah. her, her husband, their father. Yep. Um, they're on the brink. Well, they are in war. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she, if she loses her kids, like what's the, what's the point of all of it? Right. Yeah. 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 You she know, actually family, you, family, yeah. duty, honor. Yeah. She, she keeps us really kind of grounded. Yeah. To those core values. And, um, that's the position from which she's operating. I mean, she's. Mm-hmm. Not wearing the crown though, too. That's the other thing, and it's just sort of she's she's giving good advice, but at the same time, uh, I also say that Rob is is right in that that is, she's only looking at it through that lens, and he is now mm-hmm. wearing the crown, and he does have. Mm-hmm. He even says at one point, like these the, his lord's bannermen who who put the crown on him, they can take it off, and exactly. like I mean, it's just like he can be. Well, it, it's it's not really like the North is in this great position to be running this war i mean you're net you're you build your host with with the north and then the riverlands and the riverlands aren't really doing so hot i mean hoster tully's dying you've got to deal with the phrase who are basically just like 
you know, out for their own interests um, that, you know, they have to go. I mean, Catelyn tries to advise him on, on a lot of these different um, things. Like it's going to be no easy task to go try and take on, you know, the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, okay. So once we move, you know, kind of past that, there's a couple cool little just connections. I guess I want to, I want to uh, touch on like three things here. So, uh, the Red Comet, Beric Dondarrion, uh, and then just um, Hoster Tully and his mad visions and, and mm-hmm. rantings and ravings uh, are a couple of things that come out in the chapter that are pretty cool. It seems, it seems like the Blackfish had a chance to actually settle or, you know, kind of talk with his his brother and, and reconcile things a little bit maybe. Um, but he's also been out kind of scouting and looking at, at what's going on, and we've mentioned this already, but he's hearing rumor of Beric Dondarrion harassing Lord Tywin's raiders uh, and people are boasting though that they've killed Beric, but yet he's still out there. He's still fighting, you know. So mm-hmm. so interesting rumors. And Thoros is out there with them. Yeah, the 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 Red Priest, and uh, so he's just coming back, letting us know what's going on in in, in the Riverlands. And um, we're keeping up with like the Mountain, and you know how he's killing and destroying um, various. River lords and, and ending the line of like like House Derry and stuff. It's just kind of wild. We get all of that. Then we get that conversation about the Red Comet too. And like, is it what does it mean? You know, and and it's still something that people are looking at. And like, uh, it's funny that that um, Brendan kind of says uh, it's it means blood. It's blood. And is is, mm-hmm. is it their blood or our blood? Uh, it's blood. We're at war, and that's sort of what what it means to him but um the one thing that's interesting is that Costa Tully is having those she just mentions it briefly but but Catelyn right. is talking about how he has those he's been you know dr- drinking a lot of um dream wine mm-hmm. and he's been sleeping but he's been how oh, assuming that like he's been thinking that she is her mother and he's been mixing her up with her sister and things like that you know so so he's we're going to get more on on his ranting and ravings later and just sort of secrets the the maybe the Tully secrets if you will mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we will and we'll learn a little bit about um uh, not not Taisha but um Tansy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh all right. Well, um that's kind of it for the chapter. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of actually a short chapter, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a, a it's cause it's the first Catelyn chapter. It's kind of just setting the stage. This is where we're going to be in the, in this book, you know, we're at war it, and mostly, uh, this books, it's about Jamie, uh, yeah. honestly, the, the Rob chapters and, and how, how it seemed, man, everything was going so well for them uh, in the last, you know, couple chapters, um, where they captured Jamie and everything's good. But as, the song of ice and fire goes as soon as something looks like it's going well that is never ever the case so <laughs> yeah yep. all right so all right well uh, let's move on over to send uh the ravens i think we got two here today one is from um mini uh, she says, who do you think Ned wrote to in the black cells? Remember, Varys says he would read it and then decide if he will send it. Uh, this is a letter. Um, I think it could have been to John since it was believed uh, he would go. Ned would go to the wall. Could it have been to uh, Sansa? Uh, I wondered if it was delivered at all or if it is still a mystery like Rob's will. Yeah, this is great. Now, I actually have the book here. I want to just confirm uh, that. So. He he is um, Eddard. This is um, 
one of his last uh, chapters here where he's talking to Varys, and he is I'm just going to read some of this. So he's studying, you know, the eunuch's face and searching him for truth, and they're talking about why all this is happening. Um, he says, you know, could you set me free from this from this pit? He says that I could, but will I? No. Questions would be asked, and the answers uh, would lead back to me. Ned had expected no more. You are blunt. Uh, a eunuch has no honor, and a spider does not enjoy the luxury of scruples, my lord. Would you at least consent to carry a message out for me? That would depend on the message. I will gladly provide you with paper and ink if you like, and when you have written what you will, I will take the letter and read it, and deliver it or not as best serves my own ends. Your own ends? What ends are those, Lord Varys? Peace, Varys replied without hesitation. Um, if there was one soul in King's Landing who was truly desperate to keep Robert Baratheon alive, it was me. He sighed. For, f for 15 years I protected him from uh, his enemies, but I could not protect him from his friends. What strange fit of madness led you to tell the Queen that you had learned the truth of Joffrey's birth? Wow. So mm -hmm. you start to get some inside into Varys there, right? We've talked about that a little bit. Um, but really, that me so they move on from the message. It's just mentioned, and they move mm -hmm. on. So you have to assume, yeah, maybe you followed up with paper and pen and ink, and the message was left there, whatever. We don't really see it handed off, but you can mm -hmm. assume that it was written and that Varys has it. And it'll probably be in his penmanship with his sign. Uh, you know, maybe he signs it, and it, it's some, somebody can authenticate it, but maybe... You know what what happens, right? Yeah, you know I'm man. I'm looking on Reddit and uh, the wiki, and there's like no mess mention of this thing. Uh, yeah, and so I don't I don't know if anything ever ever be, um, comes from it. But man, it doesn't seem like anybody's ever really brought this up. I mean, even on the Reddit, which I find like crazy to believe because I'm I'm just trying to look for it, but um, cause yeah. The I the only letter the only letter they bring up is the one that he writes to Stannis. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, so what message did he want to leave? Yeah, who, who, like I'm guessing. So, the, so that question is asked to us, put to us. Like I, and I don't remember. I mean, it's not answered anywhere. I mean, it's not like a a message was was sent um, mm -hmm. to to anyone, as far as I know. Um, not that I know of. Yeah, I mean, so who knows? Like, Man, Varys I mean, is still could, sitting on this. He still has it. Could, it. It could be. It could be to um, to anything. Maybe okay. Maybe I pulled up one here. Okay, here. Okay, here's here's a thread I found. What uh, Ned? While Ned has had held captive, Varys visits him, and the two have an exchange. The following uh, stuck out to me. Did uh, Eddard ever write the letter? Um, who would he have written it to? You know, a lot of people point to Jon Snow to let him know who is uh, of his parentage. Could that mean that Varys has the proof of Jon's true lineage? Um, it says no one knows. I don't think it's ever brought up again. Some people said, you know, it could be going to Howland Reed. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's this guy. Uh, this guy says, um, this is like from a, you know, some of those like uh, websites like uh, Cura or whatever, where you, whatever it is, you know, that website where sometimes you just ask questions and people answer them. Um, he says, uh, my guess would be Howland Reed, uh, where he says, dude, I've messed up. Bring the army. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> oh, that would definitely go against peace, right? Varys probably would not right. pass that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dude, I yeah. messed up. <laughs> Bring the army. 
<laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Bro. Bro. <laughs> Help me out here, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I don't I, I don't know. I think if he were to write a letter, um, even thinking he's going to the wall, it's probably it, it probably is a message just to Catelyn being like, you know, like, I love you type of a thing. Yeah, what I think might be might be interesting is because since Lord Varys says that, and he says that mm-hmm. it, it, you know he'll deliver it if it suits his own purposes, I would say that Eddard would want to write a letter that wouldn't raise any suspicion with Varys, but it could be coded, and he might send that to Hallen Reed, and it might be to tell it might be a coded way to tell how you know Hallen to tell John the truth, you know? Yeah, because- but I don't. The only thing though is. It seems like Ned and everyone is incredibly shocked when Joffrey says off with, you know, basically off with his head. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, every I mean, it seems like every like I don't I don't I think Ned legitimately believes he's going to the wall. And if that's the case, he would just tell John in person. That's true. That's that. that that's a good point. Yeah. So, what, I mean, what other what other thing do you think he would tell somebody then? Like I just that's why I, to Catelyn. That's yeah, especially since it's like I may not see you again, kind of a you know you know kind of a thing. Since even though he's it's not that far, but um, wow, I mean that I, that could be the thing that turns and, Lady Stoneheart's you know heart of stone back to a you know right I yeah. Know. I mean that's I mean because I mean unless he thinks you know maybe it's like a who knows. Uh, it seems you, you you just you just never know. Like I could go to the wall i i you know but it's possible i could die um but i mean it seems especially and i think the show does an amazing job of this but i mean everyone seems pretty shocked but then from aria's point of view i think sometimes we're blinded by the show um it's like pretty chaotic when aria sees it so maybe it's possible in the books it's not as surprising to ned like when aria sees it, it's like pure chaos is going on Right. So the one thing, I don't know, like the timing on this, I get that he goes out there. Varys does say to him right before that, I trust you realize that you are a dead man. I mean, right. so you wonder if like... Maybe he does know. Maybe Varys does actually know that Joffrey's going to be maybe, irrational. Maybe. I don't know if he... Then does he say all that stuff just to spare his daughters and it's not really about himself? I just don't know. I don't know. But that would be my guess. Is, yeah. But I do. I, I my hope actually is it is quite literally word for word. Dude, I've messed up. Bring the army. Bring the army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that would be wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's well, you know, well, that was a that was a good one. I thought that was good because I went back mm-hmm. and I was just like, like, wait a second. Yeah. They, but they mm-hmm. so like the way it's written too. It's not like he mm-hmm. says, okay, like it's not like Varys follows up with him later and says, all right, I'll bring that. Like he doesn't, ref- he doesn't come back to the message. It's yeah, they move it right come, on away it could, from it. It could, it could come up again. I mean, but yeah. it's also possible he just didn't write it, right? I mean, it's, true. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. He says, he says, well, I'd let you, but and so it's not like it's not like we see him writing a letter and then it's like you know Ned, you know. So I don't know. Well, I, I think one thing that Varys is doing there though is he does maybe convince. You know, Eddard, like, yeah. So, look, this is a Game of Thrones. That has to, well, we're all playing a game here. But mm-hmm. Just because I'm playing it doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. You know, right. I'm playing it because it is the nature of what's going on here. Uh, but I'm playing it for uh, because I want peace. And you came down here, and unfortunately, I couldn't save him from from you and from even, you know, John Aaron. Uh, 
you know, John Aaron and, and, and others who are like figuring out the schemes and the plotting that's going on with the Lannisters. So it just, you know, sucks. But right. yeah. Right. So, all right. Well, we have one more here. Um, hello, sirs, Matt and Ezra. I have had a, and it's possible we read this. Uh, we found it in our emails. We were, we were going through, we've been kind of cleaning it out since we have a lot. Um, so, I mean, it's entirely possible that we read this before. I don't believe so, but even if we did, we're going to read it again. So, yep. uh, hello, sirs, Matt and Ezra. I have had a theory idea that I have been pondering for a while lately, and I'm interested on your take of this. I did a quick search online and did not find anyone else discussing this. However, I expect that it is out there because it seems like an obvious thought now that I'm considering it. I have been re-listening to some of your previous follow-up Friday episodes on topics I enjoyed and came across one where you were discussing the three heads of the dragon. My question is, since so many of us believe Rhaegar is still alive somewhere, why do we not consider him to be uh, one of the three heads? If he reveals himself to the world in the books, he would have as much um, as much the ability and a better claim to ride one of the dragons as Tyrion or young Griff or uh, Jorah, as I see considered online. I love the idea of him coming back and if they prevail at the end, ascending to the Iron Throne as king with his sister and son wed to follow his his rule to the seven kingdoms here are my rabbit hole thoughts i drown in while i consider this theory did Rhaegar go into hiding after the battle of the tower of joy um you know with arthur dane ashara possibly stuff like that um to wait until the dragons were back in the world was the ending of the battle at the tower of joy a ruse to uh cover for their appearance disappearance could we have known that danny would bring the dragons back from the uh woods witch slash ghost of high heart if melisandre is really jenny of Olstones, is there another tie-in with her and Rhaegar at the wall while uh, when Jon Snow is Lord Commander, is there another secret prophecy that led to the tra- tragedy at Summerhall? Did Sir Duncan the Tall leave information behind or tell Rhaegar uh, directly something about the events of Summerhall? Uh, was uh, like what was what uh, was what Rhaegar found that led him to stop playing and learn to fight a prophecy for the future? Um, where the dragons come back to help save mankind from the others? Uh, I keep thinking about what information we are missing that will enlighten us to these events and i believe that they are connected i hope this message is not too chaotic to follow every time i start thinking about the series i go down the same rabbit hole and get lost in all of these possibilities it is what i love about gurr's writings i love the show uh, and you guys do a great job i'm also a big fan of hyperspace hangout i wish you all the best ryan uh turbush wow thanks ryan that's awesome um this is yeah, this is cool, and it, it is. Um, I love this. You know, people when they go back and they listen to, gosh, because we we've even developed. Like, I'm thinking back. I don't go listen to those Fallout Friday episodes. I mean, they're they're cool. We did some good research on that, on those mm-hmm. episodes. But also, I know our thoughts have changed, and absolutely uh, with the show and and things we've seen. It's sort of like, dang, I I now like it's it's our minds just run wild with conspiracy theories and you know, different identities and, and all this stuff. Um, but the more I think about it, it's like, dang, that'd be a huge thing. You know, if, if Rhaegar came back and I would love, I think it'd be cool. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think, I think it may be that he was around if he, if he lived, I'm going with the, if Rhaegar was alive, but I don't think he makes it to the end because otherwise that's something that seems like the showrunners would know about. Like you just kind of like wonder well, what I, you, 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 I, you don't, you don't know. You, you, no, you just, we don't know, you, but you just don't know. All right. But no, you wouldn't. Absolutely, no one knows. But it's sort of like they were said. I mean, you know, I guess they were told Bran was going to be king, 
You know, it's like, what they did they come up with that on their own? That's the uh, thing. That's yeah. where the show makes us. That's why I question. say, like, it makes us question some of those things. I love the idea. Then now, now I go back and when I think, is Rhaegar alive? You know, if he is alive and the book scene is revealed, then absolutely, Ryan's right. Then he's going to be crowned king, and then the Targaryen line continues through, you know, his sister and his son, and that's right. whatever well, really cool. But, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Well, I think that he could be. He could be still alive, and he could still be a three-head of the dragon, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he, like, as you kind of said, would survive to the end or that he would be crowned king. Um, if it were Rhaegar, John, and Daenerys fighting the Night King, and you needed the three heads of the dragon for that, and then it still ends up in a war, final war of the Seven Kingdoms, then that is that could happen as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and see, this is where it's kind of cool that if it were that, and this is why people like the idea of Mance being Rhaegar, then... If he saw or had some foresight to let him know that you won't be there to defend, you know, like it's not going to be you that wields the sword, but it will be someone through you and you're going to need to be around to kind of like pass the torch or guide someone or make sure that they're safe until the end. That'd be cool. It'd be kind of a cool little thing. And it's that's where it's sort of like, I think he's a part of the process, but if he's there to the end, then yeah, he's, I mean, he's got the best claim for king. Uh, but if he died in the last battle, or he di- he died against the great other, uh, that would be that would be wild. Or even if he just dies setting somebody up for that battle, and he knows that okay, right. I've put the sword in the right hands, I've I've set things up, and and here we go, and and that's all he could do. And maybe he already did that. That's the other thing that George, with his writing, it makes you question. Maybe that was already done. Everything at Tower of Joy, and maybe the the battle that takes place at the Trident, like maybe he did. Maybe going to that battle, he knew he knew that his part mm-hmm. was over and it was done. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't because it's also like you know, did he? How much of the future could he have seen, or or visions that were given to him, or whatever? Like, like does he does he see his own death? I mean, that's that's kind of kind of crazy. Right. Although we have Targaryens who do see the death of dragons, and mm-hmm. they do see uh, the the death of family members and such. So maybe like that's that's mm-hmm. the big thing is when you read Duncan Egg series, you're sort of like, well, it's not that long ago that that yeah, Targaryens you know, were having dreams. You know, I think doing some uh, a dive into just simply not even is he Rhaegar, but the idea, you know, since we a lot a lot of us are on that, I certainly am one of those Rhaegar is Mance I, um, people. But I don't know that I don't know that we've really ever just done a dive on re- just remove the idea of him being Rhaegar. Is Mance Raider um, Azor High? I don't know that I don't know that that's necessarily been. Uh, mm been done or that we've done that no there is there is some salt and smoke right like mance raider right is essentially killed through salt and smoke right when mance raider you know air quote here Mm -hmm. um is burned at the stake right and then he's bleed be rattle shirt you know that stuff through the glamour but his kind of persona as mance raider is then over and he becomes somebody else i mean i think yeah that'd be kind of interesting to do yeah yeah his his story um Gosh, everything that goes on with him becoming able and at Winterfell, um, all that stuff is still shrouded in great mystery. Yeah, so that is mm-hmm. kind of fascinating to think what his role could be um, moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I haven't really given that one, but that, that's definitely a green dream right there in 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 the works because we we were talking about the pink letter not too long ago, and right. exactly. You know, 
So yeah, yeah, maybe so, something. I don't know. Certainly, yeah, perfect. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for some uh, some some ideas to, for some uh, further rabbit holes, kind of to uh, to to go down here. Um, um, but I do believe, you know, he asked a bunch of questions there at the end. Um, and I do think there are, you know, a lot of that stuff is connected, and that's kind of the thing here. As you know, as we as we do as we, on Patreon, we do some of those green dreams and um, extended editions of of the episodes, where you do have to kind of start. Uh, drawing the the lines together because well you know you, it's I think it's hard to have this thing be true and then these other things not be true right like mm-hmm. um, one of the things you and I've talked about you know in talking about the the our members of the wildlings and possibly you know corn halfhand and stuff like that are they Mance Raider and uh, mm-hmm. um, Arthur Dane and stuff like that it's like well one of the most interesting ones. Um, and this is we can talk about this in the further a lot further in the extended edition is like torment right like torment has um there, he has some interesting moments where he torment giants Bane has some speech that seems like it's not the kind of speech that a wildling would have right mm-hmm. where he sounds almost a little like too formal and then yep. it seems like he then has to cover it up by making like you know some kind of a joke or talking like a pirate yeah um, it's just his speech is kind of weird well it's like okay then so there's the big well, if Mance is Rhaegar and Corn Halfhand is Arthur Dane, then it's possible he's Gerald Hightower, the White Bull, who is the other one of the mem- members at the Tower of Joy. Well, it's like I don't think that you can have Tormund be um, uh, Gerald Hightower in his own right, and then these other people be, um, you know, not be like Rhaegar and Arthur Dane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're saying you're saying if if one of them. Yeah, right. So, and the other ones. but I do, but I right, but I do think it's possible for Corn Halfhand to simply be Arthur Dane, um, in his own right, and then I also think it is possible for Mance to be Rhaegar in his own right. Like that could be true, that could be true, but I don't think there's any scenario in which, um, Tormund is simply Gerald Hightower, and the other things are not true. I think it only works if Corn Halfhand and Arthur Dane are, or excuse me. Corrin Halfin is like Arthur Dane and Mance is Rhaegar. Yeah, it's a little crazy because you'd have to say you'd have to take that all the way back to the Tower of Joy conversation and say like, right, uh, like like okay, if um, if Sir Arthur Dane does make it, and he right. is, and you say that he is um, Corrin Halfin, well then why wouldn't the other Kingsguards guys have made it? And so if they do make exactly. it, then who then who are they and where are they? Or did they just exactly. die before this point? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, certainly uh, some interesting conversation for extended edition and and stuff like that. So thanks, uh, Ryan, for that. So, all right. Well, uh, I do want to give a shout out here quickly to uh, Mark Hess. He uh, supported us over on uh, Kofi, which is another way to kind of support us outside of um, Patreon. We'll certainly give you guys a shout out if you do that over there. Um, and uh, all right, uh, Sir Ezra, I think it is time to uh, say farewell here. Um, so we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 8, Tyrion 2 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, uh, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. Yes, we will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark and full of terrors. 